my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. Uh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, this is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. This week we're taking as our theme, uh, What did Jesus, uh, what is Easter all about? And today we ask, did Jesus uh, really rise uh, from the dead? Uh, our co-host today is Pastor David Butcher. And David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Welcome to you, David. Good afternoon, Gary. Hello, listeners. It is wonderful to have you back on board once again. And tell me, David, Easter's coming up. What are you doing? Yes, look, uh, we have, uh, I believe, probably the only Seventh-day Adventist underground church in Australia based in Cooper Pedy. Oh, that's where it's based. And, um, yes, yeah, so uh, I'll be headed up uh, tomorrow evening and then Friday. It's about an 850-kilometre trip from Adelaide. So and, this is uh, a work trip? It's a work trip, yes. We've got uh, a group of um, believers up there and Christians and Adventists, and so we want to go up and support that ministry and, and uh, be a blessing and be blessed by the community. Yeah, I know that church up there. That is a really fantastic – it's only a small group of, uh, of believers up there. But, do you know, I take my hat off to them. Have you ever been there in the middle of summer? No, look, I was there last October, October 3, and it was 43. October 3, 43 degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So summer? No, I imagine it would be not a nice place. Uh, I've been there in the middle of summer, and it's sitting at 50 degrees. I, it's incredibly, an incredibly dry heat. But, and you know, I take my hat off to anyone and how you mine. And thankfully, they're all underground mining because you certainly wouldn't work on the surface no. uh, at, uh, at that particular location. I think they've actually got a swimming pool there now. They do. And look, I suppose to our ministry team yesterday up there and uh, about a week ago they had rain from morning till night mm-hmm. constant and Kubipedi for those of you that may never have been there it's like a moonscape flat bar all these hummocks uh, all these piles of dirt uh, where yeah. they've dug holes for opals but they've told me it's wet and it's green so are you Taking anybody with you? Yeah, just taking uh, Emerson, my son. The two of us will go up and, um, you know, father and son in the car together and, and doing ministry together, which will be a real blessing. Uh, that's really fantastic. You know, I, I well remember myself doing a ministry trip over to uh, to Port Lincoln, and I say hello to all our good mates over at Port Lincoln. That's a lovely little spot over there. And certainly remember taking my own son over there when he was a, a lot younger. We flew over, uh, and uh, I was over there on, on ministry uh, reasons and uh, on on Sunday, one of our church members actually took us out on his boat, and we went out fishing uh, and lovely whiting at Port at Port Lincoln. And uh, my son, at that time, the uh, Adelaide show was on, and uh, my son said uh, said to us, he said, uh, "You know, this is better than the show." <laughs> it was a wonderful opportunity, actually, and it's wonderful to have that rich time with your own children, isn't it? It is. It is. It's really. It's really something. Uh, now, look. Um, Last night, uh, our World Watch segment. Today for our World Watch segment, uh, I'd love to be able to introduce to you uh, two uh, fantastic friends that I, uh, I've i known for, for many years. They were with me last night in the studio and they were talking about a ministry that they are actually involved in. The ministry is entitled Friday Night Live. This airs online every Friday night. It's a mixture of 
testimony. Um, there's prayer requests. There's music. There's chat, uh, sharing. It's a real variety uh, type program. Uh, the Lord is incredibly blessing uh, this program. And yesterday I was able to chat with the two hosts of the uh, Friday Night Live that airs on Living Ministry Media. And we'll tell you how to plug into this a little bit later uh, in the show. But uh, please uh, enjoy uh, this discussion. I think uh, I think you'll be uh, greatly inspired. Oh, it's wonderful to be able to also welcome uh, Colin Shackelford and Drew Nowicki into our studio today. Uh, now, Colin and Drew, the really special, uh, special people, Colin and Drew jointly host a program we have here in South Australia called Friday Night Live. Now, this is a really fantastic program. Welcome, Drew. Welcome, Colin. Yeah. It is fantastic to have you in the studio. Now, look, let's start. What is Friday Night Live? Friday Night Live is a, uh, a program of connection uh, from the South Australian Conference here, but it's the inspiration came from Andrew Gonzarczyk. Okay. Um, now, he, he operates Living Ministry Media. and Is he a good fellow? He's actually not bad. <laughs> and he's pretty darn good with a camera, I've got to tell you that. Yeah. Um, but he had, a, he had a, um, an inspiration, I guess, or a, an idea for a program that would provide information about what was going on in our church uh, for, for the parishioners, for the, for the people in the church, but also to connect people because we were just rolling into COVID, mm-hmm. the first of the COVID mm-hmm. lockdowns. And so isolation was going to be, uh, was proving to be a real issue. And this was a way for people to connect uh, with each other and with mm-hmm. us and, um, and join in something on a Friday night that was leading into Sabbath. So um, how long does it actually go for? Well, it depends how long we talk, isn't it, Drew? Yes, <laughs> about 45 minutes, but yes. sometimes it's longer. So, so, Drew, tell us, what are the major segments of the program? Well, we always have... An announcement section because it's about communicating and com- connecting with people. But the communication part is about what's happening in our conference, what's happening online that can people can tap into to help encourage them, give them some spiritual. Mm. Okay. Okay, so that you share information. Do you do anything else in the program? We do. So we have some. We share music because this is about nurturing, encouraging people. So music is beautiful to, and it brings us into a seg- segment of the program, which is actually the most important segment of the program, and that is our section where we invite people to connect with us and to share their burdens, so that we can pray over them. Because I think that's really the key to the whole program. Yeah, yeah. This this yeah. is a really beautiful part that I'm certainly uh, in watching the program a number of times, I'm so conscious that you've actually had a number of lives really impacted as a result of this prayer ministry that's been occurring mm. online. Now, uh, I'm just wondering, yeah. Colin, can you just share, with, maybe you could share one each if, <clears throat> if that's possible. You know, what lives have been impacted as a result of this ministry? I think we, we've been very surprised at the impact that this has had on people. And I, I think the first one really to strike us was um, a, a young man called Chris. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know a lot about Chris, but we know he was in probably his late 30s. Mm-hmm. And uh, he managed to hear, uh, to see the program from his palliative care bed. Wow. So he was in palliative care. He was dying of cancer. And it was quite confronting for us initially because he he posed a question to us. He came across as um, he didn't think 
that he was worthy. He he was worried um, that he would die and that that God wouldn't have him. Basically, wow, that was his fear. We spent um, a couple of programs. Actually, we prayed for him, but we communicated directly to him through the program. Yeah, that was, we spoke as if we were talking straight. That to was him. the only way you could communicate with yes. him. Yes, yes, and we, we shared were, Bible texts with him. Yep, that's we right. wanted to him to really understand that he was safe, he was saved, he was forgiven. Yeah. They were the important things we wow. wanted to commit to him, and he was an he was a. A witness to the people in his oh, ward. It was incredible. He was showing everyone. Everyone had to watch this program with him. He wanted them to know the truth. I understand he actually had the nursing staff gathered around his bed mm-hmm. as they were watching the program together. Well, Correct. it was actually the TV was in the ward. Mm. So everyone was watching the program and we prayed with him one on one. So we directly prayed for him. And um, we got a couple of messages back. We could never find out who, what his last name was for or confidentiality was. Or, or where yeah. he was exactly. But I think the, the, the thing that really uh, made it for us as well was that the last message we got from him was that, you know, he didn't know how much longer he had. And yeah. then there was silence. And then we got a message from a nurse that uh, he, he'd asked us, he said, I just hope I hang on one more week. Uh, I'd love to see the program one more time. And, uh, and then the following program we got a message from the nurses saying that he passed away on the Sunday mm. and the words they used was he, he passed away the happiest man mm. on the planet. Absolutely. And wow. That's, was, that's powerful. He was convicted and oh, just yeah. a, he was already a witness. It was amazing. I, st- I have trouble still talking about that. Yeah. yeah. It, it brings you to tears, doesn't it? Mm. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but he's not the only one. That We had one recently. And what about Drew? Drew, do you want to share, <laughs> share, share, share another one with sure. us? I mean, Colin, Colin likes to do this. I know that. You know, so Drew. Just recently, we had a, a, a woman say her name was Zoe, and she shared with us that um, she had watched our program and it basically saved her life because she had come to a point where she just wanted to end her life. Mm-hmm. But a friend had reached out and said, watch this program. That's done this in itself. But she did watch the program. And we really believe that the prayer segment connected with her. And, mm. and this is the key to the program, I think. You know, there's nothing special about Colin and I and yeah, our yeah, information yeah, that we share. Yeah. But I think that God, you know, it really works through that 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 period, that segment on prayer. Because we invite people to share their issues and their programs their problems and the minister that or the person that is sharing that prayer time with them is encouraging encouraging them he is pointing them to Jesus and how he is the answer and he how they love he loves them and people are feeling the holy spirit at that time mm. god is really close to them while they listen and and connect at that mm. time mm. and i think that holy spirit just does amazing things while people are tuning in and connecting that yeah. at that at that stage yeah i i'm really conscious too of some of the testimonies we we would call them of individuals who have been deeply impacted uh, by both your program but also by other events within their church i know uh, i've just uh, uh, just witnessed I think the most recent one that, uh, in fact, I think that's going to be aired this this Friday night. Is that is that correct? Yes. Do you want to tell us just a little bit about that? Well, um, this gentleman, uh, he 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 comes across. He's so passionate about what he has found, mm. um, and the fact that he was led to our, to our church, and the fact that he walked in the church, and and you know. He was. He made contact with someone straight away after the turmoil in his life, mm. um, wanting answers, 
uh, he was led to a church and to uh, a person <laughs> who he'd been talking to on the radio. And well, that floored me when he's, he says in the interview that he... You had, Pastor Gary, you had a Steps to Christ that was going to be delivered to his home, and he'd arrived at the church. Yeah, I, it was, that was actually, I know I'm just a little bit a part of this story, but, you know, to me, that was staggering when I actually had a piece of literature he had requested. I had it in my car with his name written on it. And he never uh, does that. And he, he says he never does that. He never requests those things. And yet, and yet this was the one thing, and when he came to church, uh, I recognized the name. I went to my car, I got the piece of literature that I was uh, about to to deliver and uh, we gave it to him and he was he was floored. <laughs> he was floored. Yeah. God, God changed his life. Absolutely. He was searching for truth. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. wanting healing and truth and he found that and God directed him to Faith FM and he found it. Um, but And we presented uh, a changed life on our program mm, yeah. and that is the key to the program. We, we want to show that God is real, that he does change life, he does offer hope and peace and healing and that was demonstrated in that testimony. Yeah. You know, I'm just so conscious that a Friday night has traditionally been a time when we have worship together but, you know, increasingly in more recent years that's been, that's wound down. You know, churches don't get together that way but here is a wonderful opportunity because what's occurring is uh, online we're able to share, I would call them incredible mission stories things which are mm. happening in our place, in our time right here, uh, right here. Yeah, that's and, right. and to me that is actually just so exciting and then we provide opportunity for people to be able to pray uh, for others and people are actually uh, zooming in and making prayer requests so somebody here at a different person each week leads in prayer and prayers are being answered. Yes they are. And uh, look, the, the other really lovely part of the program is that we do get to um, experience um, communication directly with people uh, from all over the world. Like we've been staggered by the number of people who actually tune in on a Friday night that are not in Adelaide. Yeah. And as we not said tonight, they're, you know, Moscow, uh, Switzerland, Kenya, uh, Norway. London, Nor- yeah, mm-hmm. all these places. And we think. Afghanistan. Yeah. 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 Uh, you sort of wonder in the back blocks of South Australia, I mean, we're a fairly small uh, place down here. Uh, and yet, uh, you know, Friday Night Live with an international audience because that's indeed what it is. Mm. You know, I, I just look at what the way the Lord is actually moving, the way He's working, the way He's impacting people. I know that you know. I mean, you guys are almost achieving celebrity status. Uh, well, you <laughs> well, know, I think it comes down to the yeah. fact that people are needy. People yes. are, are looking for truth. They are looking for comfort. They're looking for hope yeah. and assurance that this is what is going on. There is, is there an answer to this? Mm, yeah. And it, they are around us, and they are far around far away from us but they're all seeking and the program because it's live it's giving people an opportunity to really feel like they're being touched they're yeah. with somebody right now because we're live yeah. and I think that makes a big difference and there are so many people who are lonely and isolated on a Friday night and to yep. be able to spend time and just a fellowshipping with others even though it is through the the medium of of television you know I remember the Bible verse that says that you know if, if we are not able to spread the gospel even the stones will start to cry yeah. out and yeah. um, we've picked up this medium and I think um, what's different in South Australia here is we have living ministry media 
Yeah. And we have a, com- a committed team of volunteers. Yeah. And they're led by uh, by Andrew and Yola. Um, and if it wasn't for that, you, you, you wouldn't have the program here. Exactly. Exactly. Um, at the conference, yeah. you know, we've, we've got a facility we can use, but the people who work in the background are just so committed, and they're young people. Uh, and, and it's wonderful to be able to work with that group of, uh, of young people because mm. they are they are really doing significant things. And to me, I just can't take, uh, I, I can't say enough wonderful things mm. about this particular team of, of young people. They're so committed. Uh, so committed. Yeah. Look, do you mind if I have prayer with you, Bish, just as we conclude? Lovely. Father in heaven, Lord, I want to come to you right now. I want to say thank you uh, for Living Ministry Media. I want to say thank you uh, for Friday Night Live. Uh, Lord, I want to say thank you for the way that you are impacting lives, the way that you are changing lives. Lord, for the testimonies that we've heard, uh, for the prayers that are being answered uh, through a simple online program. Uh, Lord, I thank you for this. Uh, Lord, I pray that you might raise up others. Uh, Lord, that you'll continue uh, to really uh, touch hearts and lives in every possible way. Lord, we give this ministry again, and we pray that you might indeed bless. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, of course, one last question. I did realize that I did forget the last question. How can I possibly log in to Living Ministry Media. What? How do I do that? <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're looking at me, Drew. Um, what they need to do is it's it's quite simple. They can go to if they've got a smart television, they can go to YouTube, right? And they can simply Google Living Ministry Media, and that will take them to the YouTube page for Living Ministry mm-hmm. Media, and they can see the show there. It's, it's, it'll appear like an icon. And that is live. And that's live. They can click. And on it that. starts at what time? It's seven uh, seven thirty on Friday evening. That's Adelaide time. Adelaide time. Yep. All right. But they can also get it if they're on their phone or on a tablet or on their computer at home. They can go to the internet. Again, they can go to the Living Ministry Media website or they can go to YouTube and, and Google uh, and, and look for or Facebook and, and look for Living Ministry Media. And all of those avenues will lead them to the ability to, to actually watch the program either on their phone, their tablet, their computer or their television. Okay, and so send messages and send yes. prayer requests. Okay, and that's the key thing because there are links there that will allow them to send Correct. directly to uh, those prayer requests in. Yep. And we can actually pray online in real time. Absolutely. Right. If they if they are able to get that message to us um, before, um, say, 10 to 8, um, then the minister who's doing the prayer request will have it. Wow. And he'll be wow. able to pray uh, with them and for them. Um, so that's, that's as Drew says, I, I can't reiterate enough that that is a critical part of what our program is Fantastic. about. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, Colin, Drew, thank you so much. Really appreciate uh, the ministry that you two are involved in. Really appreciate the lives that you're touching. Uh, I believe that the Lord is abundantly blessing. Okay. That was uh, Colin and uh, Andrew, Colin Shackelford, uh, Drew Nowicki. Uh, they host the uh, the program Friday Night Live. That is a fantastic uh, little little program. Can I encourage you, if you possibly can, uh, please log into that. Now, look, if you would like uh, to listen to that uh, particular interview again, it's actually available in video form. Uh, it was actually videoed while we were uh, in having that interview taken uh, here in the 
studio. If you'd like to view that interview again, you can go right now to the Living Ministry Media website and it's actually available online then and you can listen to it again. I really appreciate uh, what Colin and Drew are actually doing in hosting Friday Night Live. It really is impacting the lives of just so many people. It's good to have uh, good news stories that are happening from time to time. Uh, I recommend it uh, to you. Uh, let's come to some, some music. Uh, love the uh, Fountain View Academy Orchestra and Singers. And this one's Champion of Love. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention? I want to introduce to you In this corner of the good and the right Stands a champion robed in white His height exceeds the heavens His weight outweighs the world His reach reaches everywhere His age is evermore He is higher than the highest Greater than the great No one will ever take his power away He is mightier than the mightiest He reigns from above Above. He's the all-time undisputed Undefeated champion of his hometown to enter this arena to raise his hands in victory for me an angry crowd crucified this king who wore their crown and they gladly watched their champion going down oh but I will never count him out for I'm a witness of the day he arose to retain the title champion of His power away. He is mightier than the mightiest. He reigns from above. above. He's the all-time undisputed, undefeated champion of love. He is higher than the highest, greater than the great. No one will ever take his power away. Was the Fountain View a 
orchestra and singers are champion of love. <laughs> Don't you love the passion that those guys are able to put into their music? Love it. Uh, really something. High praise. Um, really appreciate that. Uh, look, we've got a free gift for you today. Uh, our free gift for you today is a book called Amazing Grace. Uh, it's simply uh, a book that talks about the grace of God. Imagine two loving parents holding their baby for the very first time. Now try to imagine uh, what they would do if the little one was snatched away from them by a kidnapper determined to destroy the child eternally. If we can understand how a parent would feel, perhaps we can begin to understand the desperation felt by God to get his children back. This is the Easter season. Uh, we're talking about uh, this week, uh, the impact that uh, that Christ made on this world through the Christ event. The story of his plan of redemption is recorded in this book. It's narrated from Genesis to Revelation. It tells of a rescue plan carried out throughout life, throughout the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible was written to announce this plan. In our book today, uh, Amazing Grace, it talks all about this plan. Uh, you will really appreciate the book Amazing Grace. Uh, if you want your life to actually be touched uh, this Christmas season, can I uh, suggest you actually uh, request this particular book? If you'd like a copy of the book Amazing Grace, please send your, your name, uh, your address and your telephone book and just uh, the title Amazing Grace. We do make a number of offers. We just need to know which particular offer that is. Uh, so the book is Amazing Grace with your name, your address and your telephone number and text that uh, to our studio um, text number here and that number is 0488 That number again is 0488 11 and uh, we will have that book uh, on its way uh, by the best uh, available means. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Pastor David Butcher and David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia. And this week we're taking as our theme, what is Easter all about? And today we're asking, did Jesus really uh, rise from the dead? You know, David, I'm so conscious that the Bible is actually thought of in, in many ways. One of the ways that it's most commonly remembered is for its incredible stories that are right through uh, the book. You know, there's creation in six days. There's miracles. There's predictive prophecy. There's uh, the virgin birth. And, of course, there's this issue of the resurrection. Now, you know, David, one of the things that really jumped out at me just a little while ago is I was actually reading a book on my whole. Holidays. This was written by uh, Dr. John Lennox, and the, the title of the book was Against the Flow. It's actually his commentary on the book of Daniel, and he has some wonderful material he in this, in this really particular does. book. And it's something, though, that really jumped out at me, because he was talking about uh, the, the supernatural elements that are found in the scriptures. And this is, uh, this is something that Dr. John Lennox said. He said, in other words, the fulfillment of supernatural prophecy lies at the heart of what Christianity is. Uh, to claim to be a Christian and not take it seriously is a contradiction in terms. 
Yet in my experience, many professing Christians seem somewhat embarrassed by this dimension of their faith. Now he's talking, of course, uh, he, he's talking uh, as just a Christian, certainly not of my particular uh, brand, but he's talking about embarrassment. Christianity, he says, is thoroughly embedded in history and prophecy. Many of its central themes, uh, including the crucifixion and the resurrection, and of course that's what we're looking at this week, were the subject of predictions made centuries earlier. And then he says this, I'm only too well aware that many can, uh, that the contemporary culture in the West is so dominated by the naturalistic worldview that anyone who claims there's a supernatural dimension to reality is looked at uh, and even mocked by others. Now, David, we're going to come to our subject in just a moment, but I'd be interested in your feedback on that particular statement. Do you think that's a fair statement or is this something that, you know, he's sort of dreaming up? I would agree with it 100%. And he's got some incredible material, hasn't he, John Lennox? Uh, Look, in the Western world, we do have this sort of thing. If it can't be reproduced, uh, if there is no evidence, if no one actually saw it take place, Mm. then it's not real. It's a fable, it's a myth, and it can stay in the children's story. We've almost got, I'd suggest, almost the God of science has actually taken, you know, everything has to be connected to, you know, even areas of uh, the humanities uh, talk about uh, scientific verification, which, of course, is uh, disputable. It doesn't tell the full story, but you're right. That's the way our world looks at things, or our part of the world looks at things these days, and yet, you know, evolution in itself, it's only a theory. You go to some other parts of the world, they believe in the supernatural. Mm-hmm. They believe in the power of evil. They can tell you, tell you so many supernatural stories, both yeah. of good and of evil. Yeah. And yet we, in our way of thinking, in our culture, it's diminished, it's done away with. It's rationalised. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've I've actually got in my uh, in my church. I've got some people who certainly come from uh, Papua New Guinea. I've got uh, some people who come from the islands of the Pacific. We've got people who come from cultures far removed from the typical Caucasian culture. We've certainly got a lot of uh, Australian Caucasian people there as well. It's a real multicultural congregation. Uh, but you know, one of the things I'm so conscious of is if you uh, you're 100 percent correct. If you actually speak to those individuals who come from somewhere like Papua New Guinea and you say, hey supernatural things do actually take place, uh, then they say, oh, yeah, they do, and they can actually tell you stories uh, that actually make the hair stand up on the back of your your neck of things that have actually taken place. Absolutely. Yesterday I was talking to some people and they were telling me the fear that some of the Indigenous people have in Central Australia uh, when certain things have happened and they fear the spirits, the evil angels. So there is the supernatural, but our culture believes that we're above that, believes that we know better. Yeah, yeah. And of course, one of the real challenges is that a resurrection is something that is actually a foreign to our culture. Therefore, increasingly, it is actually disbelieved even by Christians within our own culture. Now, you know, Easter is a time, however, when Christians especially emphasize the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, you know, there's nothing unusual about death and and burial. I mean, I'm a minister of religion. I'm, you know, probably done this now for 30 35 years I've been involved in ministry. I mean, I can't believe it's that it's that long. I'm starting to feel like an old man at this uh, at this. Uh, but you know, I've witnessed many deaths, many burials, but I've yet to witness 
A resurrection. A resurrection. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to the day because I do believe the day will come uh, when I'm actually going to witness exactly that thing. Absolutely. And I think we're going to finish off on a bit of a note about that, aren't we? We are. We are. Look, David, the resurrection, did it really happen? Yeah, look, and maybe, Gary, if you can give us uh, the listener's number, what we'd like to ask our, our listeners is, what does the resurrection of Jesus mean to you? So if you can send us a short text message uh, on which number, Gary? Oh, that number is 11. So what does the resurrection of Jesus mean to you? Text us on that number. We'd love to hear from and you. And we're actually prepared to give a, you know, a, a small gift to a person who actually gives the best response to that particular, um, to that particular question. So that, what's that question again, David? What does the resurrection of Jesus mean to you? And the number again, Gary? Is 04888-80811. This is what happens when you're getting old, David. You can't remember what the other person actually said. <laughs> That's true. So the question is, did Jesus really die? Uh, sorry, did Jesus really rise from the dead? We know that Jesus died, but did he really rise from the dead? I'd like to suggest, Gary, that the credibility of Christianity stands or falls with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It really does. And um, that is because the resurrection itself actually explains and validates the cross. Without the resurrection, there would be no salvation for any single one of us. So the resurrection of Jesus validates the cross. Uh, If there'd been no resurrection, there would be no Christian church. And the movement that was started by Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter, would have ended with his execution on a Roman cross, or very shortly after. Yeah, yeah. So everything is based on the resurrection, and the resurrection validates the crucifixion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, one I read a book a little while ago that was actually entitled um, "The Cross Is Not Enough." And when I first saw the title of that particular book, it jumped out at me because I thought, the cross is not enough. Hey, that goes against virtually everything. It made you pick the book up, didn't it? It made me pick the book up. I thought, what really is this book about? But of course, the book was actually talking about the resurrection. The point they were trying to make is that, you know, thousands of people were actually crucified, but not many were actually resurrected. Absolutely. And look, I think Paul uh, iterates and reiterates the importance of the resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15, 14, and that will be delved in more detail tomorrow. But in 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul said, and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. In other words, without the resurrection, there is no Christianity. Yeah. Yeah, there is yeah. no. Christianity. In fact, in fact, that's what one of our listeners uh, has actually already responded. I really appreciate uh, uh, this response. Uh, our listener simply says, "I have a future life to look forward to, to live with God forever." That's powerful, isn't it? It is powerful, Gary. Yeah. Amen. Thank you very much for that uh, message, and keep sending them in. It's interesting too, Gary, that Jesus, while he walked this earth before his trial and and crucifixion and his death and resurrection, before his trial. He was intentional and he staked his whole claim to humanity's belief upon his own resurrection. So Mm. what I'm saying is before he died, he was using the prediction of his resurrection as to a a factor of belief in him. Mm -hmm. And let me, let me unpack that. 
In John chapter 2, Jesus has just gone into the temple and, and cleansed the temple, overturned the money changers' tables, etc. And uh, he's then quizzed by the Jews, the religious leaders, and they said to him, What sign do you show to us since you do these things? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Mm -hmm. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. So Jesus was uh, hanging his the veracity of who he was and the validity of who he was on the resurrection, even though he had not yet died. Yeah, yeah. So, Gary, I want to share with you... Um, some passages from Scripture and some perspectives that show that the resurrection actually took place. Okay. Now, now this is really important because what this does is actually challenges uh, you know, so much of the, the worldview of even many contemporary Christians. So share with us. So, yeah, first one is Jesus himself testified to his coming resurrection from the dead. Uh, Mark 8.31, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Now, um, many people would suggest, Gary, that... Um, those who consider the resurrection of Jesus Christ to be unbelievable suggest that um, Jesus was probably deluded. Yeah. He was yeah. a madman. He was a bit of a lunatic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was a few sheep short in the top paddock, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. But the statements that Jesus made make it very clear that um, he knew what he was on about. He wasn't yeah. deluded. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, John 2.19, uh, Jesus said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I'll rise it up. It's interesting that at his trial, Jesus' statements about, um, you know, in three days he would rise up the temple again, talking of his own body, yeah. at his trial, these arguments were, were used against, against him. him. Indeed. Absolutely. Mark fourteen fifty eight. We heard him say, mm. two of the false witnesses, we heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. Matthew twenty six sixty one. And said this fellow, this fellow accuser, uh, sorry, the accuser said, this fellow, Jesus said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. So essentially, Jesus' words from his own mouth were mm. that uh, he would die and in three days he would rise from the dead. Okay. And these accusations, these claims he made were used against him as accusations in his trial. Okay, okay. Now, what what other evidence have you got, though, for Jesus actually raised, being raised from the dead? Okay, yeah, good, Gary. Um, firstly, I'd suggest that um, the tomb was empty. We know it was empty. And uh, there are only three different groups of people that could be responsible for his tomb being empty. The first was the Romans, uh, the Jews were the second, and the third were the disciples. Now, what value did the Romans have of uh, hiding or stealing the body of Jesus? None, because the Romans uh, were essentially uh, in charge of Palestine. They ruled it, but the Jews hated the Romans. Yeah. So if the Jews had have stolen Jesus' body, 
they're working against themselves because they wanted to keep the peace. And keeping the peace when the Jews didn't want overlords was a difficult thing. And, of course, David, one of the things I'm really conscious of is we've actually got um, a, a, um, a hundred soldiers actually guarding the tomb. Now, to me, this is one of those things that, you know, I mean, the, the, the Jew, Jewish leaders of the day uh, felt that they were uh, doing the right thing because, you know, we're going to guard and make sure that, uh, you know. He said it's going to rise in three days. Have you ever heard? the um heard the uh, the the option of guarding the dead the, the dead body of an individual i mean that seems strange no you only have it with world leaders don't you when the body you know is on display or something and they yeah. have but but not with someone that's you know a, a rogue a criminal yeah. you don't guard the body of a criminal and you've got a hundred roman soldiers they actually guard the body of christ and then they go and tell the true story back to Herod. That's very true, Gary. And I'm wondering, um, uh, yeah, let, let's let's look at that one. So that's in, um, uh, let me pull this up, Matthew 27, uh, Matthew 28. Now, while they were going, Matthew 28, 11, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, that's Pilate, we will appease him and make you secure. So they, the soldiers, took the money and did as they were instructed, and this saying is commonly reported amongst the Jews until this day. So we know that the Romans didn't take the body of Jesus. Now, would the Jews take the body of Jesus? Well, that statement alone, actually, David, is actually quite a quite a ludicrous one, isn't it? You know, Absolutely. because here, here we've got you know soldiers being prepared to say that at night, you know, we've been told to instructed uh, to guard and uh, this tomb. I know, but we were asleep, and while all hundred of us uh, were asleep, asleep uh, the uh, disciples, who are unarmed men, who fishermen, are untrained, fishermen. they're fishermen, were prepared to come and steal away, roll away, away a huge stone, which wouldn't have been a silent thing, would it? Uh, this is a, such a ludicrous. Story that it be it falls into the category of being unbelievable. Absolutely. And now the Jews wouldn't have stolen the body of Jesus because the last thing they wanted was to actually proclaim or give emphasis and impetus to a resurrection story. Yeah. So they're the ones, as we've just read, that actually asked for the guard mm. to be placed around the tomb <laughs> of a hundred soldiers. Now the third option for an empty tomb is the disciples of Jesus. Uh what reason did they have to steal the body? Uh, if they knew that he hadn't risen from the dead and yet they s- did steal his body, which is what we've just read that the, the Jews made up this, this lie, um, how would they later then go through persecution, uh, be refugees right throughout uh, the world and die? For yeah, a lie. Yeah. Who yeah. would die for a lie like that? And, and we've got to remember that those disciples were actually incredibly discouraged. You know, as you actually read the New Testament, what you find is that the disciples are actually the day after Jesus' resurrection and before they realize that Jesus has been resurrected, what they have is Jesus Christ, they have Jesus um, um, still, they believe, in the tomb. They're discouraged. They're sitting in an upper room. They've locked their doors for fear of the Jews unless the Jews come after them. You know, I mean, discouraged people are not in a state to be able to take on a hundred Roman soldiers, um, to roll away stones. This whole story just 
doesn't make sense. Absolutely. I mean, as you've said, they were locked themselves away in that upper room for fear of the Jews. Hey, if they've, if they've destroyed and killed our Lord and Master, the one that did all these miracles, then who are we? We're just pawns. We're, 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 we're nothing. They'll come yeah. after us as well. Yeah. yeah. And so these men, uh, they all fled Jesus uh, at his arrest, didn't they? I mean, mm. John and, and Peter at a distance went into the trial, but they all fled. Yeah. So these men and women were fearful, scaredy cat cowards. Now, would you and I be any different? <laughs> Maybe not, right? So that's actually a really good way of uh, of describing uh, these men. So, uh, so if they had have stolen the body, what what was the change? So the only other option it wasn't the Romans. They had no interest in in um, stealing the body. It wasn't the Jews. It couldn't have been the disciples. So the other option is that the empty tomb confirms and validates the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. And you know, this is the thing that really stands out about Christianity. What we have within Christianity is an empty tomb. You can't show where the founder is now sleeping. Uh, why? Because we've actually got a story of a, of a resurrected Jesus Christ. But look, let's come to some music. This is Bethany Dillon. How deep the Father's love uh, for us. Sin upon his shore. 
was uh, Bethany Dillon. How deep the Father's love for us. Beautiful, beautiful uh, song. Look, we've got a free gift for you again today. The book is Amazing Grace. If you'd like us to send you the book Amazing Grace, uh, please just send your, your name, uh, your address and your telephone number. Just uh, send it to here and to our text, uh, our studio text number. That number is 04888 80811. That's 04888 80811. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Uh, today our co-host is Pastor David Butcher and David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Uh, this week we're taking as our theme, what is Easter all about? And today we're asking, did Jesus really rise from the dead? David, bring it together for us. We're starting to run out of time. Okay, Gary, we've said how um, Jesus' disciples were scared, they were fearful. There was a sudden transformation on the evening of that uh Resurrection morning. Jesus yeah. comes to the disciples and they are transformed from scared men into courageous men and women. And we find in Acts chapter 2, we, uh, Peter preaches this powerful sermon. Um, this is less than 50 days after the crucifixion. And this is what Peter says, a very short text, Acts 2.32. This Jesus God has raised up of which we are all witnesses. We, he, Peter is saying we saw him, we've seen him, he's alive, and we're now his witnesses. And throughout the book of Acts, you get that word witnesses. It's interesting that um, uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul, uh, 20 years after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. So people mm. would still be alive where, that, that saw the crucifixion. 20 years later, Paul says this, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, listen to this, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, which is Peter, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some of fallen asleep. So Paul is saying 20 years on from the, the, the crucifixion and resurrection, he's saying there were 500 people that saw Jesus alive and many of them are still alive at this point of time, Paul is saying. In other words, if what Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 15 was a lie, there was enough people to debunk what he said. And that is actually so key to everything that's happening uh, around this this Christmas, uh, sorry, around this Easter story. Because, uh, do you know, the thing that really stands out at me, uh, sometimes people say that Christianity is in fact a faith belief. But, do you know, in the first century, it wasn't a faith-based belief. It was an evidence-based belief because they were able to say, uh, there are all the people who were able to see this thing called the resurrection. Eyewitness, eyewitness. And that's why the apostle uh, Peter, he says that, uh, you know, we uh, in First Peter, he says, we haven't followed cunningly devised fables, but yeah. we're eyewitnesses. Mm -hmm. so, so, Gary, um, the apostle Paul was a... Jesus Christ of Nazareth hater. Yeah. In yeah. fact, we know he, he breathed death and threats yeah, and hostility. Yeah. But then there was this transformation. Yeah. What made it? What, what made, made it that happen? transformation? Yeah. Um, in other words, Paul actually, he faced death himself. He was stoned. Yeah. He was left for dead. He had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ yeah. and his heart was changed. Yeah. You know, the evidence really to me points time and time again to the fact that uh, Jesus Christ, yes, we talked yesterday about the evidence for his existence uh, to me as I look at even uh, 
the existence for his resurrection, to me, it is just so powerful. It's so positive. Uh, something happened. But, David, look, I'm conscious our time's getting away from us. I'd love to come to just uh, one, one final question, if we can. You know, how, how have you seen this story, you know, this of the resurrection help people who are facing end of life issues or are struggling with the death of a loved one you know i've i've probably buried now 150 200 people if you know two or three a year now as i look at that i've had to encounter how have you found it yeah look Without the resurrection, as Paul says, there is no hope. I get a call um, last year out of the blue from a lady that's 97 this year. Mm. And um, she's asked me to do a funeral, as of a few other people, booking me in advance. Yeah. I haven't asked for a yeah. date. But, <laughs> but um, that particular lady, I remember her husband was a non-believer. He yeah. was happy yeah. for her to attend church and to have a faith. And uh, he got sick. And I remember I would visit him with her. Yeah. Uh, you know, she was there, obviously, and I'd visit him. And on his deathbed, you know, days before he died, uh, he gave his heart to the Lord. Yeah. yeah. His wife holds to that hope of the resurrection. Yeah. My own yeah. father, uh, he died seven years ago at 83, Gary, and uh, I had to leave the hospital before he died because my son was seriously sick. Yeah. And uh, I had to travel back six hours to where my son was in a hospital. But I remember with my father, um, I, you know, he, he told me to go back to my son and, and I said to my father, if I don't see you again in this life, I'll see you on the resurrection morning. Yeah. And he had all the peace, all the assurance, yeah. all the hope in the and world. And you know, David, that's the thing that to me is so real. You know, I'm just, just some of the hardest funerals I've ever taken uh, are for people who don't have this hope because the resurrection of Jesus Christ is actually the forerunner of our own resurrection. And you know, when you can actually believe this with confidence, you can actually face death with an incredible amount of peace. And that's the thing that really has, I, I remember on one particular occasion, I was actually at graveside and uh, the funeral directors were there with me. It was post the funeral and uh, we were just chatting on and uh, uh, the rest of the people largely had left and uh, uh, one he said to me he looked down into the grave and he said oh it's a deep hole today do you know yeah it was true the grave diggers mm. had probably gone particularly deep and uh, that comment really jumped for so many people this death is a deep hole and yet you know what we have in Jesus Christ in the resurrection is something that there is hope at the other end of the hole. There is, Gary. That's powerful. And you, I want to tell you something. This is not a myth. It's a miracle. Buddha's tomb is occupied. Confucius's tomb is occupied. Muhammad's tomb is occupied. But Jesus Christ's tomb is empty. Yeah. And because his tomb is empty, we have the assurance and the hope that our graves won't contain us forever. Yeah, yeah. That That is really powerful. David, I'm just wondering... Would you like to just pray for anyone who may be struggling on this issue? You know, they may be struggling with end-of-life issues. They may be struggling with, you know, a friend who's dying. Would you pray for them? Absolutely. Uh, Father God, we just come before you and um, we want to thank you that you don't leave us as orphans. You don't leave us... Um, uh, 
to our own devices. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Lord, we want to pray for people out there that uh, uh, may be aging and their bodies might be becoming tired and they're concerned or they're anxious or worried about what is beyond the grave. Lord, but we just pray that they may uh, take their hope and their courage in you. You said uh, to Martha that I am the resurrection and the life. And uh, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. We want to thank you that Jesus rose from the dead. We thank you that this is a miracle and not a myth. We thank you that he's promised to come back. And Lord, I pray that you'll give our listeners hope, assurance, peace and courage. May you be with them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, David. Really appreciate that. Folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary, Pastor David Butcher on Drive Time, big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Helen Gray spend the entire time looking at the question, why does the resurrection matter anyway? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. Please enjoy Anna Weatherup because he lives. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love. Heal and forgive He lived and died To buy my pardon An empty grave is there to prove My Savior lives Because He lives I can face So